today I want to start a new journey with you. And I want to remind you of our theme for the year, which is the truth. What is the truth we need to face, stop running from? What is the truth? Every now and then in life, you get away from the truth. And it takes a moment, like what we've gone through, to remind you how short life can be, how sudden things can change, how important certain things are. And so one of the things that we talked about last month, if you've been keeping up with the series, um, and it's really easy, by the way, sermon notes are available if you have them on um, your Bible app there, and uh, it's just, my goal is to make it as easy for you as I can for you to track with me. Um, the, um, the ability to think in a straight line is a gift. To, to live life with a plan, to have a strategy where you're not just existing, but you are operating in a plan. I have a plan for my finances, a plan for my life, my body, my uh, education, um, retirement. And I don't know that I even understand the word totally. I, because my plans don't, don't, aren't, don't have anything to do with stopping anything. I have this progressive strategy to do this and other things, and I'm really excited about all of them. And I think it's just good to live in, a, in, a, in, a, in the now, in the moment and not live in the past. I hope I never am the person who always talks about what he used to do. I want to talk about what I'm planning on doing. I want to go that way. And for those of you that are thinking you're too old for that, KFC was started when he was in his 60s, just, for your, just so you'll know that. A number of people that I know um, started life at this age. In the Bible, you've got Abraham at 75 and Moses at 80. Because it takes a long time to get sensed. It does. It takes a long time to figure out that you, 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 all, you, you, you are going in the wrong direction. And um, I'm really excited. So today, we start a new series, um, The Truth About Moving Forward. Sit that with me, please. Come on. The Truth About Moving Forward. I think there are certain things you have to do in life if you're going to move forward. And you have to look at your life and ask this question, am I moving forward? Am I stagnant? And I believe if you decide that you want to move forward, there are four things you have to do, and we'll talk about them this month. One is forget certain things. Forgetting things is important, learning how to forget. That, that's not something that you can hold on to because it's, it's just... It happened, and you don't have a time machine. Secondly, we want to talk about reaching. You have to reach forward. Thirdly, we're going to talk about pressing. There are seasons when you press. It's a press. It's not easy. Stressful. Getting to this point in the service, I watch the staff press. I watch them push through obstacles, technological obstacles, um, making sure we try to live within a, a, a budget boundary. I watch, I watch, we watch the money, we watch the, the plans. It's a lot of work to coordinate for a 
lot of people to visit you once a week or however often you have events. Then the last thing we'll talk about is believing. If you don't believe, you're in trouble. And I mean believe with unwavering faith. If you don't press with a stubborn grit, you will never get certain things done. You're just not tough enough to get there. And I say that in love, but you, 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 there's a certain grit, stubbornness, perseverance and patience and passion that you have to have to get certain things. And if you don't reach for them, if you don't reach in a specific direction, what is the direction you're reaching in? Who are we trying to reach as a church? Just older people or kids, middle age? Who are we trying to reach? If you can't see it, you can't have it. What are you reaching for? And then if you don't learn to forget certain things, <laughs> it takes a high level of maturity to say, let it go, let it go. Let him go, let him go. Let her go. Let, I mean, it takes maturity to say, this is no longer mine. I can't hold somebody accountable to this. Philippians chapter 3 is the text we're going to use, and I want you to see this. This is our text for the month. Uh, brothers and sisters, starting at verse 13. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to yet have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining or reaching toward what is ahead of me. And in the Greek, that really means, one, one translator said, straining every nerve. Verse 14 says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ. So those are the four things. Repeat them with me, please. Say forgetting, forgetting reaching, reaching, pressing, pressing believing. believing. Those are the four things we'll talk about. Well, let's start with the whole issue of forgetting. And let me ask this question, how good is your memory? Now, I, I know that um, as you get older, you, you question that. You question, you know, uh, and you start wanting to take pills for it. And it can be a real challenge. But I want to talk about um, bad memory and good memory. There are two sides to this conversation. Numbers chapter 14 is a well-known story that talks about Israel modeling bad memory. You ever had somebody talk to you, and you just can't believe they've forgotten you just helped them. They come to you asking for something new, and they haven't paid you back for what you did last month. <clears throat> Everybody say bad memory. So listen, let me read the text. This is Numbers 14. That night, all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said to them, if only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness, why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, we should choose a leader, fire the pastor, fire Moses, and go back <laughs> to Egypt. Wow. Everybody say bad memory. Bad memory. I, uh, I don't want to ask you to raise your hand, but uh, let's see. <laughs> don't raise your hand. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. But you, maybe you've dated somebody, right, and you got free, and then you went back. I told you don't raise your hand, right? 
And you know that I shouldn't, I should not have gone back to that neighborhood, gone back into that friendship, whatever it is. And uh, these guys are having a moment. They're, and you'll see why in a minute. They went to the, to, um, the promised land. They got out of Egypt. Moses led them out of Egypt, out of slavery, out of bondage. They get to Kardish Barnea, the promised land, and they go in, they send 12 spies in. You'll read that in a minute. And they, they go in, and they get there, and they're frustrated because it's not easy. It's kind of like you go to college, you work hard, you graduate, and you're frustrated because you don't get a job right away, right? You're mad because you're not rich yet. You're mad because your, quote, promised land is full of giants and challenges. Well, that's where they are. Now, they have a bad memory because they want to go back to Egypt, okay? But there are some guys with good memories. Everybody say good memories. Caleb and Joshua, two guys out of 12. They sent 12 guys to spy out the land, one for each of the tribes of Israel. And so two guys have a good memory. And um, these guys choose to forget what they saw, the size of the enemy, and believe. They decided not to insult God with unbelief. They decided that they were not going to be the people who said, God, you know, it, it, um, it's too much for us. So here's what happened. Look at chapter, chapter 13 now, verse 30. And I'm jumping around just a little bit. Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. And what's interesting is in his comment to them, he doesn't even mention what they mentioned. I'll show you what they mentioned in a minute. They talked about how big the people were. They talked about who was there. They gave all the negatives. Joshua and Caleb never mentioned who they saw. Sometimes what gets you in trouble is talking about what you think you saw. Watch what happens now. Numbers chapter 13, verse 1. The Lord said to Moses, I love this, uh, send some men to explore the land of Canaan, as we told them originally, which I am giving to the Israelites from each ancestral tribe. Send one of, the, of his leaders. So, as, so, uh, so at the Lord's command, Moses sent them, hallelujah, I can see, from the desert of Paran. And all of them were leaders of Israelites. These are their names. Now, what's interesting is he said their names. I like this part. He lists 12 names. Shemua, Shaphat, Caleb, Igel, Hoshea, Paltai, Gedel, Gadai, Amiel, Sether, uh, Nebai, and Gul. I don't care if it's wrong, but that's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> now, watch this. What's interesting is, and I'm probably close, but anyway, here's the deal. So I love the fact that he says the name of the people he sent. One, two, three, say your name. One, two, three. Imagine your name being on this list. Now, now notice out of the 12 guys, two guys are positive. Everybody else is negative. This is hilarious. And so what happens is you have the, what I call bad side of, <laughs> of um, memory showing up. Uh, they should have just forgot who they saw, but they, they focused on it. Numbers 13, 31. But here's what they said. Here's what they remembered. They went to the land, and here's what they remembered. They forgot what God said, go take possession of the land. They forgot all the promises that were given to them. They forgot what Egypt was like. They forgot where they came from. They forgot, they forgot. And now they are about to go to this negative place and only remember the stuff that's challenging. Here's what they said. But the men, the men who went up, this is Numbers chapter 13, verse 31. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. 
And they gave the children of Israel, verse 32, a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying that the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants and all the people whom we saw, all of them, and they are of great stature, they're big. Verse 33, there we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so were we in theirs. Wow. Man. No hope. Doomed. We could never win. You ever thought those things? <laughs> I think the result of that was tragic. So the results became pretty, pretty tragic. Verse 10 of Numbers chapter 14. First off, you're going to notice the Bible says the whole assembly talked about stoning them, Moses. Then the glory of the Lord appeared. So God sent them, told them to go. They go. They get all negative. Now, verse 10 of chapter 14, God responds. And this is important because they talked about stoning Moses. Then the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of the meeting to all the Israelites. The Lord said to Moses, listen to these words. How long will these people treat me with contempt? How long will they refuse to believe in me in spite of all the signs I have performed among them? I will, I will strike them down with plagues and destroy them. And I will make you into an, an, a, great, a nation greater and stronger than they. Wow. I want you to notice something about God for a minute. You can get to a point where you start insulting him. I've had to say during this season, I will not insult you with unbelief. Because you've been too good to me. I've gone through a lot, and I've seen you bring me through every time. I will not insult you with unbelief again. I will not wail because of a bill or wail because of a challenge or wail because of a problem. I will not insult you with unbelief. I will not insult you in the name of Jesus. Can I give a testimony? I got a little, little envelope in the mail. It said IRF, Georgia Department of Revenue. That's what it was, yeah, Georgia Department of and I looked at this letter, and I thought, oh, God, I don't ever want them to write me for any reason. <laughs> and in the, in the, before I could get there, right, before I can get there, and I did real good, man. I get all my stuff was in order, and, um, but I was out of town. I got this thing in the mail, you know, the thing in the mail where you can see what's in your mailbox. That's bad to look at sometimes, <laughs> especially when you can't get home for a couple of days, right? So I, I get home, and I open this thing up, and I know, and it says this incredible little note. Well, here's what you said you sent in, and here's what we think you sent in. You ever got that letter before, right? Okay. And, and what they do is they say, you say you sent in this. We say you sent in 5,000 less than you say you sent in. That's what I said, oh, God, too. <laughs> I was right. And it crossed in the middle. Everything was fine. But it's amazing the emotion of that moment. It's, you know, even if you have it, the, the emotion of that moment. And there's something about my life that I've seen over and over again. He's always faithful. He's always been there. He's always turned things around. He's always blessed me. He's always lifted me. He's always defeated my enemies. He's always given me. If I look back in my life, 
And so here is God saying to Israel, now I done dragged you folks out of Egypt. You were beat up every day. Your kids were enslaved for 400 and some years. I dragged you out of there by a mighty hand. I took you across. I sent plagues to whip down Pharaoh. I drowned his army in the Red Sea. I did all that, walked you across on dry land, and you then fed you manna, and you still don't believe me. Lord, have mercy. How much more does he have to do? Does everything in your life have to be perfect? Does everything have to come together right away? Can you have a little bit of a challenge? Can you have a little bit of problem? Here you all dressed up in your Christian words and your Christian songs, singing and dancing, and a little bitty child got you all upset. A little bitty problem. You can't come in the building for five minutes and you're mad, and you don't come all the time anyway. Come on, shout amen if you're hearing me. Average Christian comes to church one time in four to six weeks. Only 22% of you come every week, and I'm part of that 22. I'm expected to be here. It's amazing. These guys are losing their mind, and he, God is tired of it. And here's what he said. This is important. You know, he says, you know what's going to happen? I am not going to put up with this. They got put in what I call the replacement pile. God says, I'm going to raise me up somebody else. Here's one thing I've learned. He can replace me. He, he's not going to, his, the Bible, at the end, the Bible says his church will survive. We need to always walk with a sense of humility and care because we can get on the wrong side of grace. We can get to a place where we <laughs> develop what I call misapplied anger. They're mad at Moses. Moses wasn't the issue. God's the one who said certain things. God's the one who laid the standard down. God told them to go take, God told them to go to the promised land, but they had become stagnant. And what's interesting is the Lord's response. Look at verse 20. This is absolutely phenomenal. This is a text that just makes you go. Numbers chapter 14, verse, verse 20. The Lord replied, I have forgiven them. Moses intervened, said, please don't do that, Lord. Please forgive them, folks. He interceded for them. And the Lord said, okay, I'm not going to get them. I'm not going to wipe them out. Nevertheless, listen to these words. He said this, and this, you know, I don't know if you got your mama. My mama would say stuff like this. Surely, as I live, says uh, the, the glory of the Lord. I'm sorry, I'm reading it. Nevertheless, as surely as I live and as surely as the glory of the Lord fills the whole earth, not one of those who saw my glory and the signs that I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness, but who disobeyed me and tested me ten times, not one of them. Now, you know you're in trouble when they say it twice. Not one of them. You can see God's finger out, right? Not one of them will ever see the land I promised on, uh, on oath to their ancestors. And then he said, no one has treated me with contempt will ever see it. Now, I'll tell you this. My time's right up here, but let me say this to you. One of the smartest things I ever heard in my life before coming to Christ was the statement, I told you when I came to Christ, I went to a church by mistake, stumbled in the building. When I got in the building, some ladies were praying, and I didn't know where I, I was. Just and, and I was uh, anyway. I just ended up in this church, uh, and and I was, and, and and I walked in. I was a 14 year old, and the lady said, "Don't play with God." I remember that. That's lived with me. That's why you're never gonna see me on video. You're never gonna see me doing stuff. You don't have to worry about me on no, nothing. I'm I'm, I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared of dying. I'm scared of God. Y'all can play with God if you want to play with God. Live in and out half. I don't do all that because I, I'm, I'm, I'm scared. 
I've watched him get people, and I said, ooh, that's bad. I've watched as a pastor. And so here's what he said. Not one of them. Hold your fingers up. Say, not one. No, do it again. Say, not one. Not one of them will see my, my glory. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, how long will this wicked community grumble against me? I have, I, I've heard the complaints of these grumbling Israelites. Verse 28. So tell them, as surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very thing that I heard you say in the wilderness. Your bodies will, will fall, every one of you 20 years and old or, or more, who was counted in the census and who's grumbled against me. Every one of you, except two people, Joshua and Caleb. As for your children, verse 31, you said they would be taken as a plunder. And, and, and he says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to let them watch you die in the wilderness. I'm paraphrasing it. For 40 years. You went 40 days in the, in, in, and spun out the land. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch you die for 40 years. Now, this is an amazing moment. So all this happened. All of this took place. And all it was designed to say, see, you got a bad memory. Let me ask you as I close. Do you? Are you insulting God with unbelief? As a church, this has been a tough time. But I'm telling you right now, he was there every step of the way. Come on, amen. He was there every step of the way. I want you to stand with me. I want you to stand with me. Can't go long these days, you know. <laughs> Got to get you out of here. I want to tell you this as I leave. Some things I need to forget, and some things I don't ever need to forget. I don't need to forget his faithfulness. And I need to keep reaching. And I'll talk about that next week. Online, you'll hear it. I got to keep reaching. I got to keep pressing. I've got to believe. I can't allow myself to be distracted by mask or, or a disease or an infection or a disappointment or a temporary economic challenge. I can't, I can't allow myself to think that God can't make this work. I can't, I can't allow myself to insult God with unbelief. And so Father, we lift our hearts today and we leave this place trusting you trusting that you have our lives in your hand. We trust you to provide. We trust you to open doors. We trust you to touch hearts. We trust you to raise up leaders. We trust you to help us go out in all the world. We still got to go to the world. We still got to preach the gospel. We still have to carry out the mission Jesus gave us without fear. And so today we embrace our challenge like soldiers. We embrace our, our, our season. And I pray, God, that your hand would be upon us and we're going to go take the land. We're not going to be those who grumble against you, who murmur and complain, who look at our lives and try to find what's not right and complain to God about that. We're going to look at what's right, celebrate, and we're going to remember. We're going to have good memories like Caleb and Joshua. We're not going to be like the rest of the Israelites who had bad memories. We're going to look go forward. In order for us to go forward, we have to forget the things that are behind us, the things that would pull us back and reach forward to the things that are in front of us. And so we give you all the praise and all the glory in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone say amen. Come on, give God a big hand clap. Come on, praise God.
Now I want to pray one final prayer. Father, I pray for people today who would hear this message and need to give their lives to Christ. They realize they need to walk with God. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you say, Pastor Ricky, what you said today spoke to me, and I want you to pray for me. My life needs to be given to Jesus, and I want you to pray a prayer for me. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you would raise your hand and say, pray for me, Pastor. I want Jesus to touch me. I feel a, a need. I see a couple of hands. I see more. Anybody else saying pray for me today? Father, I pray for these who raise their hand and those who raise their hearts. Let this be the moment they say, Jesus, come into my life. Be the Lord of my life from this day forward. I trust you. I thank you. And I give you the praise and the glory for the difference you will make in Jesus' name. And everybody say, amen. Thank you for letting me pray with you. I pray that those of you who prayed that prayer.